0: We've been talking a lot about this whole thing about a daily pursuit of God. Every day, hey God, here I am, opening my word, spending time in worship, spending time, God, what are you saying to me? And this morning, I wanna shift to something different. And I I have heard, probably if you've been in church for any length of time, I have heard that sermon of what I've been saying for my whole life Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. I've heard that my whole life, and it's true, and it's super important. But there's another thing that happens that we don't step into that steals what God deposits in our heart. It's like this. We open the door to God and say, God, come on in. But we leave the back door open and everything just kind of flows right back out of our life. God blesses you on a Sunday. God works in you in your quiet time. And there's these open doors in your life that sap the energy, the life, the encouragement, all the things God does. It gets sapped out of your life. And one of those things comes from one of the one of these other things we want to foster here, and that's this word called health. You need to put that word up, the the definition of health? Health. We work from rest. Prior, and prioritize, prioritize Sabbath and relationships. We work from rest. Many of us don't work from rest, we work from tired. We work from, I better do this. But God set up a principle of a thing called Sabbath, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, is that you are called to take space to set it aside to God that you would not be exhausted, emotionally drained from a place of fatigue, but actually from a place of strength. So if you got your Bible, go to Exodus, I think it's chapter 20, verse 8, I think. i remember correctly and it says this remember the sabbath day and keep it holy six days you shall work she'll labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a sabbath to the lord your god on it you shall not do any work you or your son or your daughter your male servant or your female servant your livestock the wanderer or the foreigner who is within your gates For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. If you're taking notes today, the name of the the message of the service sermon this morning is working from rest. Back in, uh, I think it was the 1800s, 1700s, somewhere in there, the country of France decided that we, they could be a lot more productive if they had everybody work seven days instead of six. And so they actually said, we're no longer going to have a day off, but everyone's just going to work seven days a week. Well, I mean, you all know what happened, but productivity went down. People started not showing up to work. The whole thing didn't work. And they quickly got rid of it and went back to having days off and all that stuff. But the reality of what we know is that, folks, we're not machines, no matter how much you treat yourself like a machine or I treat myself like a machine, you are not a machine. And if, if, I think a real temptation for us is to do this. You're walking through something difficult, and you do this in your heart. I got this. And we plow right through. Emotionally drained, physically drained, mentally drained, frustrated and tired, we say, I got this. I'm going to push right through. God did not design you to push right through. He designed you for Sabbath. So this whole Sabbath thing, before we get too much farther, I'm not trying to say to all of us that we're supposed to become Jewish and get the Jewish curls and the yarmulkes and um, start going to temple every week. It is out of the Old Testament and I would say this, though. This thing called Sabbath, we easily disregard in our culture. We easily disregard this thing called rest. But we would not disregard something like another one of the Ten Commandments, like murder. Well, that's Old Testament, you know. It's, it's okay to murder. Um, you know, lying, it's okay. Um, adultery, it's okay. You know, we would never say that. But when it comes to resting, taking a Sabbath unto God, we easily disregard it. And then we pay the consequences in our life. So, what's the principle of this command? What is what is God saying in all this? I think first of all, it's this: one, work six days, rest one. You were made to work. First principle. Second Thessalonians 3:10 through 12 says this. Now here's a word for all of us. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Now that sounds nice. For we hear that some of you walk in idleness. Idleness, 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 <laughs> not, not busy at work, but busybodies. Now, such persons we command, command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and earn their own living. I want to say this. If you don't aren't in a place of work, you are missing out on your God design. And I would say this one, we work for ourselves, but you will find way more satisfaction in being a servant of others. If I am living for my own self-actualization, my own goals, I'm going to make myself something, you'll find that you will miss out on what God has for you. But instead, if I turn my focus and say, how can I be a blessing to others? How can I lend my strength and my talent to bless others? You'll find your heart being satisfied, and you'll find yourself stepping into fulfillment like you never did before. Our whole culture is oriented around finding gratification in ourselves, and God's like, The one that's the servant's going to be the happiest. The one, you're going to find way more joy in working to be a blessing than working to try to bless yourself. But the second principle in that is this day of rest. Us Americans are really good at saying amen about the work part. But the second part, rest, that's another part we need to step into. And I'll say this, it's not because you're tired that you rest. In fact, on the seventh day, God created all the creation. And on the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. Now, was God tired? No. God wasn't tired. It was a principle. God was trying to show us and teach us something, that this is the order and the flow of how things work. So if you say, well, I'm not tired, it's not about that. Sabbath is about separating a day unto God. Now, I want to say this other quick thing before we set this up. Romans 14.5 says this. One person esteems one day better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his mind. And he's talking about this concept and this principle of Sabbath. In other words, one person takes a whole day and he makes it a Sabbath. Another guy takes a day and he's like, well, I'm going to make every day kind of like a Sabbath. Some of you, your work schedule, I was talking to someone earlier. His work schedule is all over the place. And he goes into these blackout seasons of three to six hour chunks where he's working full time. How is he supposed to take one day off a week? It doesn't work. A farmer in the summer is going to be working like crazy. But in in the winter, what does he do? He's got the winter season. He can rest. So there's a principle. It's not about a legalistic thing, but it is about a trusting in God and saying, God, here I am in my life. I am going to separate myself unto resting in you. So I wanted to say that. But in this context, most of you in this room could do one day a week. Most of you in this room could do this, and that's what I actually want to encourage you today. Today's message is unique in that it's actually challenging you to change your weekly rhythm. And you'll find in it, one, this will probably be one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And two, it'll be one of the most rewarding things you ever do. So it said in Exodus, it said this. It said, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Well, what's that supposed to mean? Keep it holy means this. Set apart, dedicated unto God. In other words, this day is not my day. It's God's day. God, this time is yours, not mine. It's an offering I give to you. In other words, it's not just a day off where I sit in the hammock all day. That's not the point. The point is it's a day dedicated first and foremost unto God. And in it, there's some things you want to do to prep, to prepare, to step into Sabbath, okay? Preparation for the Sabbath. In other words, the day before, you might work a little harder so you can actually have a day of rest. And one, I would say this. One, get it done. Get the food ready. Get the house ready. Get the projects done. Maybe you're going to work a little longer, work a little, get that email done. Do all that stuff so your heart and your mind is uncluttered for the day. The next things, I love this one, concerns and ambitions. I think so many of us are so filled with our concerns, our thoughts, that we have no space to hear what God is saying. And so in it, you take your, I would even say, take a piece of paper and write down all the things you're concerned about, my friends, my family, my future, the things I'm excited about, all the stuff. I'm going to write it all down. I'm going to put it on paper. And then I'm going to lay it aside. Next thing, communicate. Let people know that you're, when they can reach you. So if they can't reach you the next day, that next day, make sure they know when they can reach you. And lastly, unplug. On that day, put your phone in airplane mode. Put it away. Don't look at your email. Turn it off. Let it go. And I, I, I really believe that this, you need to prepare your heart. If you're going to set a day aside as holy unto God, it's going to take some work and it's going to take some reorienting of your life. Hi, Cheryl. It's an old college friend. Hi. The next thing is this. What do I do on a Sabbath day? Here's the thing. We rest. We worship. We do life-giving things. Rest, worship, life-giving things. So the email doesn't happen. The phone doesn't happen the stresses, the ambitions, all of this stuff. You're laying aside all of your stuff, the things of your life, your focus. You're saying, God, this day is holy unto you. I'm laying it aside. So you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm going to rest today. That means not just physically, but mentally. All of my concerns, all that stuff, I'm laying it all aside. Worship, I'm in the word, I'm praying, I'm seeking God that day and I'm remembering. And I think this interesting, it says this, remember the Sabbath. It's not, it doesn't say do the Sabbath. It says remember the Sabbath. What, what, we, what are we remembering? We're remembering that God has done all these things, and we're entering into a place of thankfulness. God, thank you for this last week. Thank you that I have, all my, I have my needs met, Thank you for the relationships in my life. Thank you for your blood that washes me and cleanses me of all my sin. Thank you that you have me. You're for me. You're with me. Thank you. Remember, stop. Sing. Rejoice. Turn your heart to God and say, God, you're good. You're holy. I love you. Thank you for what you've done. And then lastly, life-giving things. Do things that fill your tank. Now, this doesn't mean you can't do something and break a sweat. The point is not that you're not allowed to be physically active. The point is you're supposed to play, rest, and worship. That's the point. You're coming into a place of enjoyment and remembering. And, and I have found in, my, in our marriage and our life, we are finding that our Sabbath day is becoming the day that we look forward to the most. Because we're going to say we're going to work hard six days, we're going to plow ahead, we're going to trust God and what's happening. And then on that seventh day, we're going to eat good food, we're going to hang out, we're going to do what's fun, we're going to worship God, we're going to rest. And in that weekly rhythm, you know what I'm finding? That when we come into rest, that's when I actually hear God often that's why we can work from what rest. Why? Because when we rest, we stop, we step back, we lay aside all our concerns, all the things that aren't figured out, and then we say, God, my attention's on you. And then what happens? God speaks. God works. And then he says, hey, Jeremy, I wanted to talk to you about this thing in your life. I wanted to Tell you about this relationship here, this project. And he gives you nuggets. And I, I have found so many times that when I enter into rest, I actually get a lot more done than when I work really hard. Do you have things, anybody in your life? Anybody here? You have things in your life you don't know what to do with? Anybody? I'm the only one. You can pray for me. <laughs> do you have relationships that are out of whack? Do you have projects and bills that you don't know what to do with? All of that stuff, I challenge you. Step into rest step into that place. God, here's all my concerns. Here's all my ambitions, all my dreams and hopes and fears for my life. Here's everything I have. I am going to rest, worship and play. And you'll find that God will speak. You'll find that you'll be provided for. This is the same principle, you guys, as tithing or giving to God. You're saying, God, here's my time. God, here's my money. I'm yours. And when I step into that rest, God will take care of you. Anybody? Amen. Amen. Anybody experience that? Five of you. Awesome. We'll increase that next week. It's a big deal, you guys. This isn't easy because this is where the rubber meets the road. It's practical. It's my time. It's my money. It's my life. That's where I live, and that's where God wants to intersect in my life. This is, this is faith. When I apply things that God has said and go, okay, God, I trust you. So prepare for the Sabbath. What do I do on the Sabbath? I rest, I worship, I play. I lay down my concerns and ambitions. But lastly, this, what is the point of all of this? What's the point of Sabbath? What, what's the, what is God getting at? And, and, and it's these four things. It's this, it's honoring the Lord, Trust, reflecting, and rest. First of all, honoring the Lord. In Hebrews, it says this. It says, it says in Hebrews 4, 6, that if we don't enter into rest, we aren't obedient unto God. In other words, this is an obedience thing to God. God looks at you and I and says, I'm telling you, rest. Stop. Have a habit. Of rest in your life. Number two, it's about reflecting. When God made the earth, he he worked six days and then he rested on the seventh. And every time he made something, he said at the end, this is good. At the very end of the whole thing, he said, this is very good. When I rest, I enter into a place of looking back and going, you know, this is actually good. My life's not crazy. There's actually good things here. God is blessing me. He's working in my life. When I step into thankfulness, God does something in me. Sabbath brings you into that place of going, so where am I anyway? What's happening in my life? Oh, yeah, I'm blessed. Good things are happening. You come into a place of reflecting. Third, it's about trust. You know what? It takes trust in God to not work. It takes trust in God to say the work can wait. It takes a space of going, I know that my ability, my strength is not what brings me what I need. It's actually him. So therefore, I'm actually going to stop in my trying, and I'm going to stop and trust. I do that financially. I do, you like how I keep talking about money over and over again? Um, and then the reason I say that is it's such a hard thing. Like, what I do with my time and my money is such a heart thing. And God's like, trust me with it. Trust me with it. And lastly, it's about rest. In um, Numbers 13, it says this crazy story. The people of Israel are going into um, the promised land. God's promised that I'm going to give you this land. This is Numbers 13. And they go and they spy out the land. And it it says this whole thing that they went and they saw and there was amazing food and there was all these built-up cities. And it said, they said, the spies even said that it truly flows with honey and with milk. It's a very wonderful, beautiful land. And it's a representation that God has promises for you and for me. He said things. God has said things to you. God said things to me. He has things in store for us. So they spy out the land. They see this. Then the spies talked amongst themselves, all 12 of them. They got in a big circle, and they said this. The 10 of them said this. Then the men who had gone up said, we're not able to go up against these people because they're stronger than us. Yeah, that's the point. But it says this in verse 32, chapter 13. It says, so they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out. Why? Because they said, in my strength and my ability, I can't do this. So we're going to make sure everyone's on our team and says, let's not go. They come back to the people, and they say, it's, it's not worth it. You know, we're like grasshoppers. They're like giants. You know, it's, it's going to be terrifying. We're not going to make it. And then at the people, then all the people raised a loud cry, and they wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we have died in the land of Egypt or that we would have died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? He's not. They were way more impressed with what people said than with what God said. What has God said to you? People bring a bad report. People say, in your strength, you can't do it. People say, well, in your family line, there's this issue and blah, 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 blah. There's a thousand excuses to not step into believing what God has said. What has God said? When the report came back from the spies, the people had a choice. Believe these people or believe the promise of God. And they said, you know what? I'm going to pick the loudest voice right now, not what God said. But there was two spies, Joshua and Caleb. I love these guys. They said, they tore their clothes, and they said to the people, the land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. The promises God has for you and for me are exceedingly good. Exceedingly good. Like amazingly better than you could ever hope for or imagine. It's exceedingly good. And they said in verse 8, if the Lord delights in us, And he does. He will bring us into this land, and he will give it to us. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. What has he said? What has he said? What has he said? I don't know if that's proper English. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred to us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't fear why don't we fear? Because we're trusting in what he is saying, not what we are experiencing. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11 says this. The writer is talking about this exact story, and he says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit of joints and a marrow, discerning the hearts, the, the thoughts, and the intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. What is this whole thing talking about? The writer is saying, look, Don't be like the Israelites who said, I can't trust God. I'm not going to trust God because I'm afraid because of what's there. It doesn't make sense. The math doesn't add up. We're not going to make it. Don't be like them. And then he goes on to say this. No creature is hidden from his sight. In other words, when God speaks, the word of God is living and active, and God gives you a promise. He gives you a word for your life. He says, trust me in this. No creature is hidden from his sight. We will all someday stand before God and he will look at you and he'll look at me and say, did you trust me? Did you rely on me? And often we'll say, I kind of wanted to. I tried. But trusting God is not just an emotional state. Trusting God is a practical one. And so God gave us this thing called Sabbath as a practical weekly rhythm for us to step into faith. Because when I Sabbath, first I'm sitting in this chair, and this is the chair of self-reliance. This is my strength. This is my money. This is my ability. This is my network of friends. This is all that I have. I'm sitting here. And day in and day out, I'm sitting in the space of my, I have what I have, and I'm going to work really hard, and I'm going to try really hard. But in Sabbath, I stand up, and I say, you know, God, I, I give you my money, and I give you my time, I give you my energy, and I sit. And as soon as I sit into a place of Sabbath, the thing that pops in my head is, you know, I didn't work on that thing today. I got that bill unpaid. I got that relationship that's not where it's supposed to be. And God says, Sabbath. In other words, surrender. God, I don't know what to do in this space. I don't have the wisdom. God, I, I, I've been struggling in this area of my life. I've been, I've been wrestling with all these things. And God says, Sabbath. Stop. Rest. What is that rest? It's a sitting. It's a releasing." It's a saying, God, I don't know what to do with this, but you do, and I give it to you. And this weekly rhythm, Svetlana, can you pop up that slide about Sabbath again? The one that said, the one before that one? The next one. What do I do on Sabbath? I rest. I worship. I do life-giving things. Because I'm entering into a practical rhythm of saying, "God, this is your time." And I'm going to do what you did on Sabbath. I'm going to remember what you've done, I'm going to be thankful, I'm going to worship you, I'm exalt you for who you are. And I'm practically going to not work. I'm practically going to lay down all my stresses and ambitions, and I'm going to enjoy this day, I'm going to walk in thankfulness, I'm going to rock and rest. And there's a lot of things that I don't know how to fix. There's a lot of things that are not where they need to be. But I am today trusting you with all of it. I'm laying it down. And I find that when I step into Sabbath, you know what happens? My faith grows. Faith is all about that space of reliance and rest. Sabbath. Hebrews 4.7 said this, and this is, this is intense. Hebrews 4, 7 says this. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. The Israelites got a promise from God, I'm going to give you this land. And they had a choice to enter into the land or to say, I'm going to harden my heart and go, nah, it's not where I can't do it. And they harden their heart to the voice of God. Today, if you hear his voice about stepping in and trusting him, don't harden your heart but say, God, I don't know how to figure this out. I don't know how we're going to take this land, but you said so. Here we go. Practically stepping in. So God, we just come to you and we just take that seat of rest in you. We confess there's a lot of things we don't know, but you are the God of all answers and you'll tell us what we need to know, when we need to know it. We enter in to rest. God, I just pray for any person here today walking in anxiety. Anxiety is a space where you're not walking in rest. God wants that space in your life. He wants you to say, okay, I don't know how to get it, but God knows what to do with that situation. God, we enter into your rest today. You know, the ultimate sign of Sabbath wasn't just a day off, but it was what Jesus did on the cross. And that, too, is a space of rest where you say, he brought my soul rest. He brought my life rest. And so I can trust in what he's done. I can worship him. I can rest in all that I have. And I can step into life giving a life-giving life. Why? Because I'm going to just rest in him. When I rest in God, he speaks. When he speaks, I go, okay, God, I trust you. And then in the next six days of my week, I go, okay, God, you and me together, let's go. Everyone just put a hand on your heart. Spirit of the living God, I thank you today that you promised us rest. Jesus, I thank you that you are our rest. That we can stop in all our trying and doing. We right now thank you for the blood of Jesus that paid the price for all of our sin and all of our failure. And God, every place where we say, I don't know, Lord, I know that we just need to offer it to you and say, God, we're going to trust you. I pray for every heart here today, God, that we wouldn't harden our hearts. But Lord, when we hear you, we would step into the promise of what you're saying. Uh, We love you, Jesus. Amen.